faster, a pigeon or the internet? What's flowing through the streets of Portugal this week? Do you want your trash to smell good? Can you learn CPR from watching Stranger Things? Get the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Nick Knack News, a news podcast featuring exciting tech breakthroughs, scientific discoveries, and fun, uplifting news stories without the political drama. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is Internet News. That sounds so vague. Yeah. <clears throat> this is from Tom'sHardware.com. <laughs> Okay. I think they do computer stuff. Um, But the headline is, yes, a pigeon is faster for data transfer than gigabit fiber internet. And there's several caveats to that, as you can probably imagine. (laughs) But Yeah, yeah, I would imagine, but I'm excited to hear about what those caveats are. Yeah, I thought this was really fun. So there's this YouTuber, his name is Jeff Geerling, and he created a new video about the relative merits of pigeon-based versus internet data transfers. Um, so yeah, with the, apparently like there's, there's kind of like an in joke on the internet, like with the people who design the internet that are like, it would a pigeon actually be better for transferring data than like transferring it over the internet. And like, okay. at some, there was like this company, I think it was in South Africa. They said that like actually carried out a test a while ago where they like taped a USB <laughs> like drive to a pigeon and like it ended up being faster like to transport transmit that amount of data via pigeon than it was like over the internet so they wanted to try this again in 2023 was it was it like so it was like a a large it was a decent amount of data okay like when you think about like a large download it still takes like even on good internet it can still take a while yeah so that's kind of what they were what they were like going off of okay Um, so yeah uh they said, with the proliferation of super-fast home connectivity like gigabit fiber, one might expect the carrier pigeon to be easily defeated in 2023. Um, however, the pigeon with, with its high-capacity micro SD cards uh, won Gearlink's data transfer race by a significant margin um, and was only outpaced at distances over about 600 miles. Oh, wow. So that's pretty good for, for a pigeon. Yeah. So Gearling managed to kit out the bird with a trio of stripped-down one-terabyte SanDisk Extreme Pro flash drives without overburdening it. So it had three terabytes of data strapped to it, <laughs> um, which is a, a large amount of data. Um, yeah. That's, a, a terabyte is 1,000 gigabytes, so for people who aren't familiar with all the different... And I think above terabyte is petabyte, and then... Is it... Pe- no. Oh, I don't is know Is it those. petabyte, exabyte... Yottabyte, Zetabyte, and then it's not official, but above Zetabyte is supposed to be Hellabyte, which I think is very funny. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the bird flew for a mile, and it only took about a minute to reach its destination. Uh, from this data point and adding the uh, actual like flash drive transfer times, so the amount of time it took like between getting the data onto the bird and getting the data off of the bird... <laughs> <laughs> they okay. included that in this. Okay. Um, so he plotted out a graph for the pigeon for transferring three terabytes of data, um, basically like based off. So, like, so in a, for a mile, three terabytes of data took this long, and that's kind of what he based his uh, his graph off of. Okay. Um, 
he also this is this article just gets weirder and weirder. This he wanted to throw another challenger into the mix to spice up the race, so he put on a pigeon mask and jumped on a plane to carry three terabytes of files himself from his home in the U.S. to the Canadian data center where the inf- like the information was being transferred in his other test, um, or his inter- in like the actual internet test that he was doing. So he okay. like physically got on a plane and carried. His, the, these three terabytes himself. And there is a picture of him in the pigeon mask. Um, he so, didn't need a pigeon mask to it, do it, that. It was not required. <laughs> but it does make for, um, well, he labeled the, <laughs> in his graph, it has a line for pigeon and it has a line for pigeff <laughs> because his name is Jeff and he wore the pigeon <laughs> Okay, that's good. So I needed that's to good. I needed to explain that to explain why the graph has a line labeled Pidgef. <laughs> um so he does a little better uh over longer distances, but was still ultimately beaten by internet transfers after about the five thousand mile mark. So um like like accounting for distant the distance that he traveled and for th- again three terabytes like he was faster mm-hmm. than the pigeon but ultimately slower than an internet connection over a particular distance okay um and he points out that he could have done better because like as a person he could have carried a lot more data with him obviously yeah but he wanted to keep that constant um so, <laughs> so here you can see the graph um the x-axis is miles and the y-axis is time. So you can see the blue line is pigeon. And so that goes up exponentially over time, basically, or over distance. Time increases exponentially over distance. Over distance, yes. Um, okay. The yellow line is like the real internet, like the measured speeds, whereas like the uh, there's a dotted line that you probably can't see from here that's like theoretical, which is like the advertised internet speeds, which are never as fast as the... Got it. Okay. And then the red line is Pidgef. (laughs) 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 Which, as you can see, like eventually reaches the same speed as like theoretical internet, but But not uh, at smaller not at smaller scales. At smaller scales, Pigeon or Pidgef are faster. Yeah. Yeah, wait, the y-axis is time, right? So up until it doesn't cross over until how much? About five thousand miles is when Pidgef crosses. Oh yeah, wait, when? internet real, and then about <laughs> when does 600, the pigeon cross internet real? Six hundred is when six hundred. Okay, yeah. so if it's less than six hundred miles, a the pigeon, pigeon is, is more faster. Efficient. Yeah, assuming wow. the pigeon doesn't get lost. Yeah. Also, while digging into this, there's apparently. Have you ever heard of an RFC like a request for comment in terms of like internet stuff? No, but I can understand what that yeah means. so basically there's like almost every april fools somebody puts out like a request for comment that's like a joke and one of them is called internet over avian carrier so it's like <laughs> it, they just as a joke like we're like talking about how to like what the protocol would be for like transferring <laughs> internet data <laughs> via bird and they're like you lose a lot of data <laughs> <laughs> because of the bird like getting, just lost, getting lost or not stuff. making it. <laughs> like, I just thought that was very funny. So that's um, awesome. But yeah, birds. I birds can transfer data fast. I guess. Wow, I definitely learned something new today. Yes, me too. All right, my first story is wine news. <laughs> This is from NBCNews.com, and the headline is, A river of surplus wine roared through the streets of a small town in Portugal. 
I heard about this. It sounds terrifying or amazing. I'm not sure know, which. It's like both at the same time. I also heard that nobody got hurt, right? Yeah, nobody so, got hurt. No, so we there can were laugh no it. it's fine. like injuries or anything like that. Yeah. Um I think it was just unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Oh, <laughs> uh, so a distillery has apologized to neighbors this week after a river of surplus wine rushed down a narrow hilly street in a small town in Portugal. The alcoholic flash flood was captured on video um, and appeared as a torrent of red wine. Nor, no injuries were reported, but the wine may have entered at least one home's basement, according to a Portuguese news platform. Oh, so that's no. not good. Yeah, but, that's that's rough. But um, at least it's wine and not anything else. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> wine or water. Water, would you yeah, water would be rather a have in your basement. For sure, but <laughs> yeah, the list is the list of things I want to flood my basement is pretty short. Pretty short. I want to flood my basement in ice cream. That'd be fun. Ooh. Not a, not a fun cleanup though. Yeah, the, yeah. And also, there's you probably couldn't eat it all in time. Yeah, it actually, it would just melt, and then and then it's like dairy, it's dairy in your basement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't think this through, did I? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's why we have these discussions. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the, yeah. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah, um, just to avoid <laughs> to avoid flooding our basement with with ice cream. Um. So, according to an official statement, the wine release happened. <laughs> After, after two large storage tanks burst. Oh. The cause of that, though, is still under investigation. Hmm. Um, so I don't know exactly what caused them to burst. The distillery apologized and said it would handle cleanup, repair, and damage. More than 580,000 gallons of wine ended up in the streets. 580,000 gallons. That's, that's so much wine. Yes. I'm getting tipsy just thinking about it. That I'm would, just like, like that what if you just like, are you like, you looked out your window and you were just like, what is that? It was just wine coming down the road. Like, I just don't. It sounds surreal. That would have been, that would have been very strange. Yep. The distillery said its bountiful storage was the result of governmental response to a wine surplus in Europe caused by decreased demand in the past few years. Huh. In June, yeah, because I didn't actually know this, but yeah. in June, the European Commission acknowledged the wine oversupply, quote, crisis and said it would support measures to convert excess wine to biofuel. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't thi- know. That's a thing we can Apparently do? Apparently <laughs> that's a thing you can do. Apparently that's a thing. I'm going to go home uh, and pour some wine in my car's gas tank and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Yeah. Do that and tell it's me what ex- happens. It's an experiment. No, don't do that. Do not do this at home. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got, they're they're looking at um, trying to like convert wine into other things or like use it for other things other than drinking because like they have too much and people aren't buying it. That's an for some interesting reason. problem to have. Um, I know, right? Um, so this article actually said that Portugal and France are among the countries that have responded with subsidized programs to convert surplus wine to other uses. It didn't say what the other uses were, but I guess biofuel is one of the things that they're looking at. I, I can't Apparently, even imagine a world just, where we're like fueling our cars with wine. It's like, what? Well, it's happening? surely not the most effect, efficient way to get, ener- or, uh, get energy. Um, so this distillery said that its storage facility was part of like the, the government's efforts. So that's why they had like these huge, they had these like huge wine surplus barrels there, I guess, or whatever they were 
tanks or something that I still don't know why they burst, but yeah, that's why they had this like huge. The wine just wanted to be free. The wine wanted to get out. (laughs) Um, so I have a picture of the street with the wine in it, but you can't really like, I don't know. I, I don't have a video right now, but it's hard. It's really hard to see, but, um, Oh yeah. You can kind of see. It's less, it's, it's less fun than I'd hoped it would look. Just kind of looks gross. Well, it probably wasn't very clean wine. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine the wine flowing over the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. My next story is trash news. This is from The Kitchen. It, it, there's no E in kitchen, so it's The Kitchen. Oh, okay. That's why you said it. That's why I said it. Like okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I felt the need to clarify. Okay. The Kitchen. That makes sense. And the headline is, I tried Hefty's viral pumpkin spice trash bag so you don't have to. Wait, what? Stop yep. everything. There's a, there's a pumpkin spice trash yep. bag. Okay, tell me more. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised. We didn't talk about this, or maybe we even did. I don't know. Because apparently these were out last year. I don't remember I feel like I would remember, but it also sounds like something we would have talked about. It does sound like something we would have talked about, but I feel like I would remember if we found this before. Yeah. Well, either way, Hefty made some pumpkin spice trash bags, and they're back this year. Um, And this person, this whole article was written the first person, so there wasn't actually like a lot to use there, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they said they're a fan of pumpkin spice and they went to hunt down these viral trash bags, um, which are available for, like I said, their second year in a row. Uh, she struggled to find them at her local target for three days in a row. Then on the last day, she like asked an employee directly and the employee looked at her weird, but looked up the, like looked it up on their system and was like, yeah, we have them in the back. How many do you want? So she got a couple boxes of them and just like, I just imagine going to target three days in a row, just like desperately seeking out pumpkin spice, not flavored. I was about to say flavored, scented trash bags. Um, But yeah, they were disappointed though. They apparently didn't really smell that much like cinnamon and pumpkin spice. So like it ended up being kind of an anticlimactic story for this family. Uh, she said her sons said they smelled like candy, while her daughter thought they, her her daughter I think didn't know what, like what they were. Like she hadn't seen the box, so she just like had her smell the bag without telling her. And she okay. said it smelled nice like flowers, which Aww. is not exactly what we're going for here. And apparently, her husband agreed it was a vaguely floral scent. That is so, so disappointing. It's really disappointing. I'm glad. I'm honestly glad she did this, so we don't have to. Yeah. Because, and that's exactly what she said in the headline, because I, this, this sounds extremely disappointing. She said they didn't smell like bad or like overwhelming or anything. It was just yeah. like not pumpkin spice. So yeah, if you're buying a box of pumpkin spice trash bags, that's a very. I want it to smell I, I have, like pumpkin I have, spice. Yeah. I have expectations. Yeah. And, and those expectations are that it smells like pumpkin spice. That's like, yeah. there's, I have one expectation. <laughs> there was one, you had one job. Oh, well, we had one well, okay, job. Okay, you have two hefty. jobs. Be a good trash, trash bag. bag. But also, it smells like pumpkin Hefties spice. Already, they got, they've got good trash bags. This podcast yeah, brought do. to you by Hefties. And, but like, <laughs> the scent apparently is not their strong suit. Um, and this person wow. pointed out that these bags, like, they're so hard to find that people are selling them on eBay for $40 a box. You know they retail for like fourteen, so yeah, uh, don't hmm. buy them. 
for $40 on eBay is probably what this person would say and what I would suggest. Yeah, don't. That's not worth it. Yeah. You spend that on anything, something. Spend it on pumpkin spice flavored things. Yeah, and then you can really get. Then you can that, actually get the you autumn. You can experience thing. the autumn flavor yeah, or scent. Exactly. Don't don't buy these. <laughs> <laughs> not this podcast this is not, not brought, brought to you by Hefties. Actually, it's on second thought. My next story is random local news. This is from abcnews.com, and the headline is: Twelve-year-old saves drowning man. Credits CPR learned from Stranger Things. What? Yes. That's crazy. This actually happened. Austin McMillan, a 12-year-old boy from Florida, sprung into action last week when he noticed a man in danger of drowning and says he learned life-saving CPR from watching the hit series Stranger Things. Austin and his – he was with his behavioral therapist, Jason Piquette, and they were swimming in a pool. And I don't think there's anyone else around, I guess. And – Piquette, who was the adult in this situation, attempted to see how long he could hold his breath underwater. What? Which I'm is, like, what? What is was happening? this situation? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They were in from the pictures. It looked like it was like their family pool or something. Okay. And his like parents like weren't home or, or I don't know. Or maybe his dad was there, but like not like there, like not, not yeah, at the not pool. Present. Like there was no okay. one at the pool. It was just the two of them in at the pool gotcha. area. Okay. Yeah. So the adult was like trying to see how long he could hold his breath underwater and i shouldn't laugh at this but according to him like he like passed out like he went under and like 30 seconds in or something he just like passed out and he doesn't know why like he doesn't know what happened like he he doesn't like yeah that's concerning he just passed out under the water and so this kid austin was there and like Five or six minutes went by, and he was like, "Oh my god! Like this is too long!" Like, and so yeah. he like he like you know dragged him out of the water, um, the other guy. And then once he was like out of the water, he went and he called nine one one, or he like called his dad or something. He called for somebody. Then he came back and he gave CPR to the adults, and it was like effective. And he like woke up and he like came out of it. Holy wow! That's <laughs> yeah. that's that guy's very lucky. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And also this kid is like awesome. Yeah, That's wow. Also good like, job Stranger Things, I guess. <laughs> but also I'm like, I've watched Stranger Things. I don't remember I don't remember there being CPR in it, but also like, I, I haven't seen the most recent I think season. That there, so maybe Oh, you haven't? No. I think that there was a scene with CPR in the most recent season, but it's not like they were like teaching you how to do it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they just like to, look like, at the screen and here's how you do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it like turns into like a lesson. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so that's what happened. So, like, he basically saved his life, and then, you know, he was treated later and stuff, and he's they're, they're both fine. But um, Wow. Yeah, and now both families are just using this as a PSA opportunity of the importance of just CPR and people knowing CPR and also, like— Not holding your breath underwater. Not holding your breath underwater. No, that wasn't even the second thing, but I would say that, yeah. That don't— should, yeah. Maybe do that Respect, when you're, like, like, alone. Right, I, mean, I know yeah, you were with a 12-year-old kid, but, like— an unsupervised— mm, you're with a 12 year old, though. No, like, but there's no leg in most guard. There's no that, like that kid's not going to save you. Yes, that, that wasn't that wasn't probably a safe thing to do. No. Um, but no, it also like teaching children or like younger people how to dial 911 even on a locked cell phone because mm. they all like the smartphones have that ability, right. so it's just they good to know do, how to yeah. do that, how to dial emergency numbers and stuff. This but this is true. 
That's their. That's the family PSA from this. But yeah, it's not fun. Not fun. Not fun enough. No, sorry. That's fun is the wrong word. Fun is not. A kid learned a life-saving thing from a random popular TV show and actually saved somebody's life with it. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Kind of cool. Well done, Austin. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about Stranger Things saving your life or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.